Welcome back to the Candid Conversations NG podcast. I'm Nia Abiola and on the other line, Lawal Garba. The topic for today's episode is the coronavirus. Now, except you've been living under a rock for the last few months, there is a pandemic spreading across the globe. Uh, it has touched, I think, every continent except Antarctica. And it's called the coronavirus. I mean, it- Go on. Even if you've been living under a rock, it is highly likely that you've heard of the coronavirus. I was talking to a couple of people in northwestern Nigeria okay. yesterday, right. and and uh, th- what I got from that conversation was that there's just as much scare in the northwest about the coronavirus as it is down here. Okay. So I think lots of people are aware of the virus and the disease causes okay well uh the coronavirus is uh, a family of viruses that it's like a general name for a group of viruses the one that causes that we're trying to talk about today one responsible for the pandemic is covid19 uh, that's the name given to it by the world health organization and the coronavirus is simply a virus that attacks the respiratory system in the body so uh, ways it is spread is through uh, your respiratory tract your nose your mouth uh, it infects the lungs and well once something infects the lungs uh, it's usually a serious case because if your lungs are damaged you cannot breathe if you cannot breathe you die pretty quickly so as at the time of recording uh, there are about 1.1 million cases reported at least 1.1 million cases worldwide and about 50 over 50,000 people have died from this uh, virus uh, the origin of the coronavirus it loud you want to talk a bit about the origin and the timeline Yeah, so of course I'll, I'll do uh, I'll do some talking about that. Let me I want to start by saying that coronaviruses were uh, first identified in the middle of the 1960s, yeah. and that they cause very mild symptoms like a common cold or severe uh, yeah. disease. So let me let me uh, let me move forward and talk about. Uh, how do new coronaviruses appear? It is known that uh, coronaviruses are common in humans and some are also common in animals. And that rarely one of the viruses in in infecting animals may evolve to infect humans and spread between them. The, the, The virus the new type of virus uh, uh, causes new type of coronavirus causes COVID-19 was first reported in Wuhan, Hubei province in China in 2019, a city of around 11 million people, and many early cases were associated with the Hunan seafood wholesale market in Wuhan. Yeah, the wet markets. And it is not yet sure which. Yes, but it is not yet sure which animal this virus. Uh, is associated with but it has been said that it is similar to the ones found in some bats yes 
So what are, what are the symptoms of the coronavirus infection? Like you said earlier, coronaviruses are respiratory viruses replicating in the airways. Yep. And symptoms of the infections can be mild like like common colds, including coughing and running nose. Symptoms can be more severe as seen in cases like the MERS and the SARS. The MERS is the Middle Eastern Respiratory, respiratory Syndrome. Uh, yes, yes. And the SARS is also a respiratory syndrome yeah. that was uh, reported early in the in, early I think it was 2000 yeah yeah 2002 yes, yes I think. it was in China so for so for for now we know not everybody infected has symptoms yes and the common symptoms of this novel coronavirus has been fever cough and fatigue yeah. severe illness is more likely it is it is known that severe illness is more likely in those who are elderly and who have other health problems existing critical uh, conditions so how can we measure the severity of the disease how can we measure the severity of the disease the world health organization has uh given us as uh, provided a simple metric for measuring the severity of the disease and they they call it the uh rate of I think it's called the mortality rate or rate of mortality and it's determined by it's determined by uh, finding the ratio of number of causes per specific deaths among cases divided by the number of cases of the disease. I want to talk a bit about the percentage of deaths between the MERS, the SARS and the COVID-19. So at this moment the MERS has about 37% fatality rate, uh, death rate. Uh, yes, fatality rate, yes. And SARS had about 10%. So in contrast to those two, the corona, the COVID-19 has about 2%. Yeah. So uh, in contrast with those other viruses, I'd like to believe that we have uh, been able to manage the uh, COVID-19 quite uh, effectively. And uh, I, I want to talk about the timeline of, of the virus and what we know about yeah. the virus. So in, in December, in 31st of December 2019, a cluster of cases of pneumonia of unknown causes were detected in Wuhan city in Hubei province in China. And China alerted the, WHO, uh, the uh, World Health Organization in China uh, about cases and by the 7th day of January the Chinese authorities identified a novel type of coronavirus and they subsequently named it SARS-CoV-2 as the cause of the uh, pneumonia attack and by the 12th of January in 2020 China shared the genetic sequence of the novel coronavirus and by the 13th of January 2020 Thailand reported first confirmed case of novel coronavirus outside of China. So it took about two weeks before the first case was reported outside of China. Yeah. And it was, it was reported that the case was confirmed to have been imported from Wuhan. 
And let's fast forward a bit to the 20th of January. The USA reported its first confirmed case in someone that had returned to Washington State on the 15th of January 2020 after visiting family in Wuhan, China. And also in uh, January 2020, uh, the COVID-19 was included in the statutory report of Class B infectious diseases and border health quarantine, quarantine, border health quarantine infectious diseases in China. Uh, fast forward to 22nd and 23rd of January, the WHO Director General convened and uh, convened an emergency committee under international health regulations uh, of 2005 on whether to declare the outbreak of uh, the novel coronavirus a PHEIC. PHEIC simply means uh, public health emergency of international concern. And at that point, at on the 22nd, between the 22nd and 23rd of January 2020, when the Director General convened an, uh, an emergency committee uh, to, to figure out whether to declare the outbreak uh, a public health emergency of international concern, it was uh, the, the, uh, the Director General assumed that or stated that they had they didn't have enough. Uh, uh, they didn't have enough information to fully declare the virus a public health concern of a public health emergency of international concern. So let's fast forward to twenty fourth of January twenty twenty. The first reported, uh, the first report of a case in Europe was reported by the uh, the a minister in France. And uh, by the 30th of January, the World Health Organization Director General declared the 2019, uh, the COVID-19, a public health emergency of international concern. So let's fast forward to February, February 11th of February 2020. The virus and the disease it causes were officially named. The novel coronavirus was named severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus 2 which is why it is called SARS-CoV-2 severe acute respiratory syndrome coronavirus 2 and the disease it causes is called COVID-19 so that's there's a clear distinction between the virus and yeah. the disease which is something a lot of people yeah. get wrong so let's fast forward let's fast forward to the 27th of February 2020 the World Health Organization updated the case uh uh, uh, for COVID nineteen, as I'm going to take that again. Uh, fast forward to 28th of February 2019, Nigeria reported the first case of COVID nineteen in Sub-Saharan Africa. Why does that sound like a terrible achievement? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of all the things to be the first to to do, uh, <laughs> okay. So by by the eleventh by the eleventh of March, two thousand twenty, the World Health Organization General Director declared the COVID nineteen outbreak a pandemic. So at eleventh of March, we it became declared a pandemic, and yeah, that's 
uh, pretty much okay. all I can share about the timeline uh, at this point. But I can move on further and talk a bit about how uh, how the virus was detected and how we can improve detection uh, and yeah how the virus was detected and how we can improve when you detection. say how the virus was so detected uh, detected like where exactly what do you mean uh, how it was uh, uh, detected in the lab how it was found to be a novel coronavirus okay. in the lab so the genetic material of the virus were sequenced in a lab and the clinical materials from the patients were put into a tissue culture. So this is a lot of scientific uh, jargon that some of our listeners are most likely to know about. And the first, the first test was done in Wuhan and uh, Beijing simultaneously. Okay. Uh do you want to, or let me just take stuff off from there. Uh, yep, yes, okay, so it's important to uh, note that there is no cure for the for COVID-19 right now, although a lot of... Well, there's no known cure. Yeah, okay, good. Thank you for clarifying. There is no known cure for COVID-19 right now. There are a lot of... Uh, false information circulating around the internet uh, regarding the use of things like garlic and drinking lots of water that is, that is primarily propagated by african i would love to believe that but <laughs> a lot of these <laughs> yeah uh propagated through platforms like whatsapp facebook they just share all these pieces up and down but yeah, there is no known cure. Fake news. <laughs> yes, fake news at its finest. There is no known cure for COVID-19. Uh, some of the hardest hit countries around the world are Italy, uh, the United States, uh, Spain, and even China. So earlier, early last month, last month meaning March, uh, China reported no new infections for a couple of days. So it seemed like the worst was behind them and they gotten past the entirety of the pandemic but over the past few days there have been reports of new cases new infections in China so China is again going through this thing and in fact they have put another city under lockdown I will confirm the name of the city and refer back at a later point but yes the reason I bring this up is because a lot of conspiracy theories have been flying around especially from people you think would know better people that are very that have a huge following on social media places like twitter and they seem to be generating this idea that china created this virus and china did it to wreck the world economy so they can buy up stock and like solidify themselves as a world power and the the idea behind that conspiracy theory the the basis of it lies on the fact that it happened first in China and China controlled it a lot better than a lot of other developed countries are seem able to control it right now. And so China must have known about the virus way beforehand. They probably have a cure or look, vaccine. <laughs> yeah. Look, yeah. Bella, 
we're we're both we're both skeptics yeah, yeah. here and we we both doubt we doubt a lot yeah. of stuff and we try to be as uh as uh, critical yeah when we yes when we when we look at yeah. these things so for me it's a bit far-fetched for people to believe that maybe this is biological yeah. warfare but i do not believe it i, do I don't see that. that it's biological it's biological uh warfare i strongly believe that this is common knowledge that china has far more advanced uh technological infrastructure than a lot of other parts of the world okay so their response to the virus was most likely effective because of their uh, advanced technology. So if a conspiracy theorist throws, throws this at you, that how would you say China's response is because of China's containment of the virus is because of the advanced technology? The USA is pretty much on par in terms of technology. And USA is having <laughs> a shitty look, time look, with the virus. China's chi China's technology is far more advanced than the US. Yes, technology. I want to touch on something specific there. It's not just the technology; it also has to do with the culture and the system of government. So when it first yes, the exactly the the climate yes, landscape. when it first broke out in China, yeah. China was quick to lock down multiple cities like instantly because it isn't a democratic exactly, it exactly. Isn't a democratic uh, yes. uh role, which will require lots of Ex bureaucracy and paperwork and voting to be done before determining yes. if places should yes. be locked down but in contrast yeah. to the u.s that is a democratic uh, yes. uh nation which requires lots of bureaucracy and lots of voting mm -hmm. to determine what uh to, to determine how things like uh social and po uh, 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 political uh climate will be affected yeah. i think i think the democratic uh, uh nature of the u.s might have slowed down uh progress and it is still ways, slowing down which progress is something that lots of because which is something that lots of lots of conspiracy theorists in their fail to consider yes they are not have, considering have that considered, yes and even till now, till date, I was checking the news this morning. Uh, there are still states in the U.S. that are not under stay-at-home orders. And right now, the total number of mm. cases in the U.S. is something north of 240,000. So it's like mind-boggling that you still have well, states. The total, number of, the, the, total, yeah. the total number of infected people in the U.S. has, I think, almost doubled or tripled. Of China. Uh, yes, of yes, China. it has. Yes, it has. Uh, China was around 86,000 so, cases plus. So you do the math. <laughs> That's close to tripling. So if if you do if you do uh, if you do want to be objective about uh, this this uh, uh, pandemic yeah. and how uh, countries like the USA haven't been able to to fully manage uh, the pandemic, I'd say that. I'd say that rather than believe or rather than say that this is uh, a bio this is biological warfare that was started or created by China, I'd say that maybe we should consider how how they have how their the the uh, system of of uh, government 
was a part of part of the factors that uh, helped quickly put the the uh, the virus yes under those lockdown measures they seemed drastic at the time because I think the lockdown started in the middle of mm -hmm. January and I remember a lot of uh, public commentators and analysts were criticizing the Chinese government for effectively shutting down businesses mm -hmm. in these regions. But uh, time, yeah. But when you, in yeah, hindsight, that was the smart move. In hindsight, it looks like, yeah, it, it seemed like that has helped put uh, the virus under uh, proper effective yes. management. And right now, the most effective uh, method we have for curbing the spread of the virus is social distancing so uh i have uh, let me let me quickly run let's let me run us through uh let me run us through some of some of the things that the world health organization Suggests. has uh yes suggests for how exactly it is that we should keep ourselves safe in this in this period so it's not just social distancing. Social distancing is... Uh, so the response measure of social distancing is just one thing. It's for if we've not... It's to limit, uh, to limit uh, 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 the, the spread. But before social distancing, there are some other uh, uh, public health responses, some key measures that should be taken so like first surveillance surveillance is the first which is rapidly detecting and isolating cases. Uh, uh suspected yeah. cases yes then secondly uh point of entry screening which uh is how we detect on arrival and provide uh, information to people from affected areas then thirdly contact tracing contact tracing which is monitoring uh, of close contacts self-isolation for two weeks for that will be for people who have been who, ha, who are uh, suspected cases then the third the third or uh, the fourth rather the first the fourth uh key measure is social distancing so social distancing will involve limiting mass gatherings and canceling major public health events and quarantine which is to help people who are most like who have most likely not been in contact with anybody with the virus but uh, uh, who are at risk because uh, we are at potential risk if we do expose ourselves to mass gatherings where it is highly likely that someone who has been in contact with someone who uh, infected. is infected is most likely to be and the last <clears throat> the last key the last key measure is uh, public communications and health education so regularly communicating on cases, case numbers, and measures, which uh, I think public communications has been a bit effective, uh, although there's also been a lot of wrong information yeah. going around. So I think that uh, I think that I think that so far so good. Uh, the public health response has been quite effective in managing in managing this whole pandemic at least in nigeria uh i i might want to argue with that but i do agree that the nigerian government has been somewhat pro relatively proactive in in containing mm -hmm. uh the pandemic I, I think i think that what i think that one of the reasons why you might 
not agree that we're doing a great yeah. job is because there there are other factors that we should consider uh, in in this uh, in the public health response. So we've been able to talk about surveillance, uh, point of interest screening, contact tracing, contact tracing and yeah. monitoring, social distancing and quarantine, and public health communications. But healthcare facilities are also a huge part of our public health response. And we don't have great clinical management, neither do we have great infectious, uh, infection preventive uh, uh, measures, nor do we have uh, state-of-the-art laboratories in in uh in the country neither do we have uh strong research and science facilities nor do we have great logistics services so these combined issues uh, are a bit of factors that are limiting our effectiveness okay uh one thing i want to touch on you mentioned contact tracing as one of the methods recommended by the world health organization and I just want yes, to yes. Uh, mm -hmm. touch on that and how it it corresponds with what we're talking about China and the the okay. landscape there being completely different. China has the social credit. The, the political, the political yes, landscape. Yes, yes, right? yes. So China okay. has the social credit system, and that allows for mm. efficient tracking that no other country in the world has because they have. Yeah. So I imagine, I, I imagine that that system is similar to the social security system that the United States uh, has. It's similar, but it takes it to a whole other level. So, so it, it, it limits your privacy yes. in contrast with how the United States Yes, yes. And because they have mm. uh, cameras and advanced, and advanced technology that allows you to do facial recognition, uh, track people across everywhere they've been, I know that when the outbreak was at its peak in China, uh, the Chinese government was able to pinpoint, like trace the contact of every infected person because they know where everyone goes to. They know what bus you took to work on what date. If there was an infected person on that bus, they can notify everybody that was on that bus at that within a certain time period that may have come in contact with the person. That, hey, you need to go into isolation now. Uh, this person you are with on so-so date on this bus is a confirmed case, so we need you to be I quarantined. Believe, I, yeah? I believe that af after after we're able to, to get this pandemic uh, managed properly yeah? managed or under control, uh, we're going to need to look at the issue of privacy from from a new a fresh. A lot of things are going to be looked at from a fresh perspective after this. Uh, I, I think uh, in, in our previous conversation, yeah. we talked a bit about we talked a bit about how uh, lots of people will begin to que question lots yeah. of things uh, after after and during this pandemic, considering that uh, it is clear now that a lot of people, a lot of uh, world leaders have almost no idea what's what leadership means yeah. neither do neither do they know exactly how to handle handle a situation of high high uh, emergency uh, uh, like like this pandemic yeah okay uh, so I guess we should talk touch on uh, 
the reason for the discrepancies uh, between death rates uh, depending on countries for example Italy if I'm not mistaken right now still has one of the highest death rates from the virus uh, the global death rate is something like 2% but in Italy it's a lot higher than that and that is because Italy has the world's oldest population like the world's largest population of old people mm. so there are a lot of old people in Italy mm. and as we mentioned earlier old people are more suspect to uh, dying yes, from elderly, diseases elderly yeah. people and elderly people and people with underlying medical yeah. conditions are more susceptible to to the virus so i want to give i want to uh, give you a quick rundown of of the numbers that we have confirmed recovered and okay. deaths china has china has 81693 uh, confirmed okay. cases and uh, 76,751 recovered. Uh, recovered, yes, and 3,326 uh, deaths. And this is the alarming part. The United States has uh, taken over as uh, the epicenter the of the United virus. States yeah. Second, yes, so the United States has about 277,985 confirmed cases and 76 uh 12,283 recovered cases and 7,146 deaths so here's the crazy thing uh italy has two times the number of deaths yeah. as the u.s but the u.s has no, two times the number yeah. of confirmed cases it's it's, it's yes that's it incredible is. but 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 also also italy has uh has more recovered uh patients than the united states yeah yeah uh what else, what else? Um, yeah so uh the highest the highest death rates at this point is italy followed yeah. by spain followed by uh yeah. france followed by china uh yeah okay so Italy, Spain, Italy, Spain, United States, uh, France, uh, China, and Iran. Iran has yes, quite a yes, number of yes. cases as well. Uh, and deaths. Yes. Uh, should we touch on a lot of people have died in the fight against this virus, but should we touch on some of the more popular people that have uh, been lost to this virus? Uh, we were talking about yes, Manny Dibango. Yes, rest in peace, Manny Dibango, the great Cameroonian jazz legend, uh, jazz Man. jazzist. Yes, he's he's a jazz legend, and Manu Dibango, Manu Dibango, uh, Manu Dibango inspired Michael Jackson. I think that's something that lots of people yep. don't know. So, uh, uh, Manu Dibango created a record in. I think it was sometime in the 70s i think this was 1972 or i'm not very sure but i would like for our listeners to to do some research on manu dibango and google uh soul makosa soul makosa inspired uh michael jackson's uh starting something yeah uh, also a princess in spain 
uh, a Spanish princess, royalty, uh, said to have died from it. Uh, popular people that are currently infected with the coronavirus, uh, UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson uh, is infected right now. Uh, what's his name? Justin yeah. Trudeau's Justin Trudeau's wife as well. I think she's recovered, right? I am okay, unsure. Okay. I'm unsure we'll about that. And also, uh, Idris Elba at some yeah. point uh, was diagnosed uh, positive for for coronavirus. Tom and his wife. I'm unsure about. Yes, Tom Hanks and his wife was, uh, his, his wife as well have also been uh, diagnosed positive of the coronavirus, and uh, yeah, that's that's uh, those are some of the people, some of the celebrities who it's it's actually a long list, yeah, but yeah. to keep to keep things short, yes, to to keep things short. Uh, that that that'll be it so one thing i should uh mention before we go uh there is still a section of the population in nigeria at least i can speak to nigeria because it's our country and it's what i'm familiar with very well there's still a section that still believes this is all like some scam and it's all fake so yesterday my brother had to go out for an essential errand he needed to get something not too far from the house so uh coming back he was in conversation with uh, a mechanic that stays around our street and this dude was like man that shit isn't real because there were groups of people congregating playing ball ignoring social distancing others and that's something i've seen uh various parts of lagos that is under quarantine people are still gathering in the streets to play football just do all the things you should not be doing at a time like this and the mechanic was pretty much saying yo man he doesn't believe shit is real that it's all just it's all just a scam that this that this that this that so if you are one of those people and we like to think most of our listeners aren't because uh there is a specific audience that listens to our content but if you are one of those people who is still doubting uh please don't this is as real as it gets. Thousands are dying. I think we should talk. We should, yeah. I think we should go over uh, over the sections of people or the demographic of people who aren't are uh, are taking this seriously, or some of the factors that are uh, that have influenced those people to not take this seriously. I'd like to say religion has been a major uh, definitely. Factor. Dude. Education has also been a major yeah, factor. I, I recall I recall that at the beginning of this, when uh, when uh, governments started to request that people lock down uh, places of uh, large places where they occasionally or frequently have large gatherings, and religious institutions happen to be one of the major places where uh, uh, large gatherings are are held. I recall that a particular Nigerian pastor who has, uh, who has, who's an international Yeah, one of the pastor. largest congregations in the world. Yes, and who has, and who has a, a chapter of his church in the United yeah. States. 
locks down his church in the United States after the uh, United States government gave an order to lock down to limit uh, social uh, gatherings, places yeah, like yeah. that. But yes, but but even a week after that, his church in Nigeria was still open, and he had close to five thousand people worship in his church a week. I think it was a week after it was declared a global pandemic. Yeah after the COVID-19 was declared a global pandemic. So religion has been a major part of, uh, uh, of how people are on, on, uh, insensitive to, to, to the precautions that the World Health Organization and the uh, governmental bodies have prescribed. I also recall that there was a specific case in, I think it was Thailand, uh, in different countries, yeah. Uh, a woman, oh. yes, and some some people have uh, have been carriers have spread the disease to a larger number of people by attending church yes. services or religious. This has happened in South Korea, India, where religious mm-hmm. services just spike up the number of infected cases, and then the government has to start tracing and tracking who was at this event, who was at this event, in a bit to try and curtail the spread. So yeah, you're absolutely right. Religion has played a, a significant role in this. But you're talking about public education also. I, I yes. do not think yes. the Nigerian government in particular is doing enough in terms of really educating uh, the, the lower rungs of the uh, social ladder. You know the the malams. I think there was a video that went viral uh, some weeks back about uh, fruit sellers uh, in Lagos. These were, for lack of a better word, illiterate uh, fruit sellers, and they had no idea that there was anything going on. The reason the person was recording the video is because they were treating the fruits they were selling in an unsanitary way and. The young woman was asking her, why are you doing this? I mean, even if you do this, don't you know like this is not the time to to not wash your hands, to not take things seriously in terms of uh, hygiene? And yeah, hygiene. And the the malams, as they are popularly known over here, were just like, uh, why? This is how we've always done things. Uh, what is when the young girl mentioned coronavirus, they were just like, uh, what the fuck is that? And so on. So yeah, the government can do a lot more in terms of educating key places. It's not about putting ads on TV. Some of these people do not have access to TV or social media where a lot of publicity and campaigns are going on. It's about putting stuff down at the ground level on the streets where these people are able to access it, getting jingles out in their languages so that they really understand so there's go on there's a recommended there's a recommended framework for risk communication and community engagement that the unicef have been working on and uh they set a a minimum uh standard and indicators for community engagement and they have defined they have broadly defined it and uh, it's, it's uh, been said that a foundational action for working with a wide range 
of traditional communities, civil societies, opinion leaders, and ex expansion of uh, collective or group participation to address the issues uh, that affect uh, uh, our, our lives is uh, the first, first thing to do. Then it, it is uh, also said that uh, it is important to make sure people have the right information delivered in the right way to, to be able to take appropriate and proportionate steps to protect themselves and uh, where possible it is said that uh, effective risk communication should be clear and easy to understand and uh, also uh, it is said that a proportionate response to illness is critical to preventing health facilities from becoming overwhelmed with the worried well at the same time appropriate uh, care seeking is critical for those who are actually sick so they can get the care that that they need so i think that what you're saying is that we need to create a framework for managing our information distribution and uh and uh, uh risk communications so if that's yeah. what you're talking about unicef has unicef have been able to develop a framework for that so i think that if uh, we do if the government, if the Nigerian government does take the uh, advice of the UNICEF and in a way are able to integrate that advice into our own local yeah. needs, we might be able to uh, effectively manage this, this situation. I also realize that another major problem for us is managing infodemic. Uh, and infodemic is basically an SS of uh, information that makes it hard to know what's and trustworthy what's and what's not. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I, and that's like that's been one of our major problems. It's WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all these other social. Yes. Uh, 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 sorry to interrupt. Quick point on that: we will be including some links in the show notes for this episode on where to get uh, quality accurate information so uh links leading to the who uh site uh the ncdc site for our listeners in nigeria where you know I, I, you're I getting think, as accurate information should, as possible yeah i think i should share i think i should share that uh in the past two weeks yeah i have been i have been uh taking proactive uh, measures to learn more about uh, more about uh, the coronavirus and I did I, I started taking a, a course on the coronavirus with the London School School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine okay. about two weeks ago which is partly why I am uh, quite competent with uh, talking about the coronavirus yeah. today so I will I will share with you a link to to go to go take a look at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine's course on the COVID nineteen. So we could uh, we could we should definitely add that to a list of resources that some of our leaders our, our listeners will be able to use as a uh, source book or a cookbook. To be to stay abreast of yeah. all issues coronavirus or all issues COVID nineteen. Okay, uh, 
fantastic. And it, I think I think that we've had a great run on this topic. Yeah. And and uh, is there anything, any other technical COVID nineteen stuff that you want to talk about? Uh, not necessarily. I, I mean, I'd just like to like give a shout out to the people on the front lines, uh, medical professionals, uh, doctors, nurses, everyone involved, first responders, even people working in essential services. You know, filling uh, station attendants, delivery guys, Clean. yeah, cleaners. Cleaners, cleaners at the do at the uh, doctor's yes. office, cleaners at yes. the hospital, and everyone all, all involved, man. Like that. Uh, and I, I also, I also want to say that it's it's a difficult time yes, for yes. everybody. Yeah, good. Yeah. We're 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 used we're used to waking up in the morning and going to work, or waking up in the morning and going to meet up with friends. Or going going to the movies, or going to the beach, or doing lots of social stuff that we're used to, or that we're driven to do as social as the social animals that we are. But for almost two weeks or three weeks now, we've not been able to do any of those things, which will which has gradually made lots of people anxious, paranoid, depressed, tired, frustrated. Yeah. And I surely believe that a way to st a way to stay sane at this point might be one to disconnect from this infodemic, to disconnect from absorbing too much unneeded yeah. information. Then two, I'd I'd like to say that we we should use this time to reach out to the people who matter the most Absolutely. to us, the most significant people in our lives deserve to hear from us at this point i'm not i'm not going to advise that you take any self-development <laughs> course i'll say i'll say all you need to do at this point is to connect with the people who matter most yeah. to you in your life see how they're doing uh tell them how you're doing tell them how you've been able to survive survive this this uh few uh, weeks of of the pandemic, and let's let's all look optimistically uh, forward to a future, to a near future where we will will be able to effectively manage the the COVID nineteen, and then we'll be able to all eventually be able to live uh, at least somewhat normal lives again. Because I strongly believe that there's really no going back yeah, to normal. There isn't after after this this is one of those turning points so, in history moments and we're getting to yeah, witness yeah. it so hopefully yeah so hopefully after this we'll be able to live somewhat normal lives i know we'll never live fully normal lives anymore but somewhat normal lives is good yeah. enough and so yeah reach out reach out to your loved ones tell them how much you love them uh send them a virtual <laughs> hug send them a virtual kiss whatever yeah. it is uh yeah so any final yeah. words and uh, not just to reach out to your loved ones but now is uh a time when a lot of people are struggling uh with the lockdown in place in different parts of the world uh people are not able to go about their daily business and some people a lot of people will be starving 
uh, a lot of people will need help. So be philanthropic. Yeah, yeah if you have to spare, uh, now is the time to be your neighbor's keeper. Uh, just help out and keep an optimistic look. We'll get through this. The world has been through far worse situations than this. And we'll pull through together. So, yeah. Thank you guys for listening to today's episode on coronavirus. Again, my name is Nia Biola, and on the other line is your favorite guy. Lawal <laughs> Garba. Uh, if you have any thoughts, comments, suggestions for the pod, please feel free to drop them into us at candidconvomail at gmail.com. Once again, that is candidconvomail at gmail.com. I, I think I think I should we should also uh, share that if people have if people are having a hard time dealing with with being home yeah. alone uh, through through all of this, then it's fine if they want to shoot shoot us a mail and talk about how they're having a yeah hard yeah time. that's and welcome to I haven't that. I haven't been bored I haven't been bored in years. <laughs> <laughs> so if if you find yourself getting bored and you wonder how you could keep yourself from getting bored, feel free to send us a mail at the Candid Conversation mail and we'll do well to send you lots of uh, yep. resources on things that you could do to keep yourself from getting bored. Or if all you want is a... A yeah. conversation, or yeah, if all you want to do is talk and have yeah. people listen, it's cool. You could send us a mail and we'll reach out to you. Very well said, man. Uh, once again, thank you guys for listening. Stay safe out there, everyone. Stay at home. Uh, donate if you can. Uh, find ways to help out if you can, whilst keeping yourself safe, of course. And yeah, bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>